Hello and welcome to the Mobius Development Podcast, a real-time development log of a senior game development project. I'm Casey. I'm Amanda. And I am Alex. And there's a lot to get into today. We have the vertical slice. It's done. It's submitted. It's been play tested thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And true. it needs a lot of work. It and it needs a lot of work. work. It yeah. needs a lot of being talked about mm-hmm. and being worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the uh, the big thing to get into would be just kind of what, what the vertical slice is, because we've mentioned it a few times and we've not like expanded on what that means yeah we mentioned in the last podcast that the what comes next was this two-week sprint towards this vertical slice and what the vertical slice is it's like it's kind of like our game is a big delicious five-layer cake and you are slicing off one slice of it so that you can see each of the beautiful layers of cake sorry to interrupt you but i think it's important what kind of cake is it what kind of cake well it's uh clearly it's a marbled cake Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. That's an acceptable answer. That's an acceptable... Well, what kind of cream is in between the layers? Is it buttercream or is it that is too rich? It is traditional buttercream nice. frosting. Ooh, damn, nice. okay. Yeah. We're really going, mm-hmm. we're going big it's here. It's the kind where right. you eat it and your mouth hurts because it's <laughs> yeah. so sweet. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's, never that, had that was that our experience. goal anyway. That was our goal. I think we achieved some of that goal. <laughs> I think I think just our. I think just as we were whipping the buttercream, it just didn't hold together as well as we would have liked. We lost a bit of buttercream. It was yeah. flying out of the bowl. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy for this. Yes. <laughs> it's like making cake. Before One we... slice of that cake looks real good. Before we mix our metaphors into a delicious cake batter. Um, oh, I... you tied it all back together. Nice. <laughs> um, so in this analogy, the layers are the different mecha- like core mechanics of the game. And the idea is to sort of get a significant portion of different aspects of the game up to sort of a finalized area where we can see what the goal is, what the end goal is for the project without having everything implemented. So what we wanted to do for our vertical slice for our game, since it's a puzzle game, we wanted to have two puzzles with fully implemented assets and mechanics and the environment in which those puzzles exist to be navigable and feel um, the way we would want it to feel in the vertical but have only tech demo for the next two levels of the game and uh, i think i think we did succeed on that front in terms of meeting all those set goals we did have really good looking assets in that first loop we did have two fully functional puzzles we only had that one weird touch bug that i think we finally pinpointed and we will talk about that next week on the engineering special. Mm-hmm. But um, and then meeting those tech demo goals, which I think will be. I, I love the implementation for both of them. I think they're they're right now they're kind of very reliant on when the assets are in. They'll look and feel a lot better than our Google image assets are now. Mm-hmm. Even though I really like my space background, but I'm I'm ready to see it go. You get strangely attached to your Google. I do get strangely art. attached to my Google. I images. mean, it's the space background. It was the the toy yeah. truck. When when you're working with those images for such a long time, mm-hmm. it's a little sad to see them go. Yeah, because you know from the start that they're gonna go, but then you get you're like, well, maybe we can still hide this Cthulhu somewhere. <laughs> we can uh, we can we can put Cthulhu on the asset list. We yeah. can we can work that. It back could be in. one of the constellations. I I like the fact that Cthulhu told you that you did it in the yeah. in the demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he still tells you that you did it wherever you find him. He's just rare now. Yeah, I might I might write one of the poster hints uh, as Cthulhu. That mm. is that is a good way to do it. You did yeah. it. If you look back at the three months that we've been developing this game, the amount of time with three Cthulhu in the game versus the amount of time without Cthulhu in the game, like it's understandable why. It's like wait, we're losing Cthulhu. Yeah, no, Cthulhu has, has been in the build since day one. He, since before day one, he was in. He was in the the block two before we rethemed demo build. Yes, he's been around forever. He's been. Around. He's been on the team longer than some members of the team have. I will say though, now that we have um, the more finalized art, it is like it's all about that satisfaction of like oh we've implemented this thing mechanically now it's time to skin it so that it looks, looks pretty. pretty oh my it's so much fun to like turn and see it look pretty mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's so fulfilling to like 
look and see where our temp stuff was and go, oh, man, that looks so much less garbage. It's yeah. really fulfilling as, as an art team member and the art lead as well to be like, mm-hmm. look at all these assets that we've had, oh, like, so tossed back and forth and, like, critiqued and, and uh, reworked and all now that, they're like, real. All, all that, like, direction stress that we've talked about the last, like, I mean, three podcasts and they're all, all of them, like, it all that direction looks cohesive to yeah. me as someone who doesn't quite understand it. I mean, there's still so, some direction work to be done, yeah. uh, but but, I mean, I think we're at a pretty good spot. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you went and told me that both of those backgrounds were made by the same person, I would have believed you. I mean, they weren't. <laughs> I know. I said, if you told me they were made by the same person, I would have believed you. They're oh, not. I understand. I understand. That's the point I'm making. <laughs> I know they weren't made by the same person, but I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have been able well, to tell. Even the person that made them had to think about it. <laughs> I only exactly. made one of them. It really helped that Paula did texture on both yeah. of them. Because when I tried mm-hmm. to texture the background that I did, I was like, this is not going to yeah, look I good. Think, yeah, I think there are some levels where I, we're, we're, we're getting that pipeline in a way that makes sense. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's. Um, from an art perspective it's good to have one or two people doing polish yeah. mm-hmm. um, because that's really what makes makes stuff look cohesive yeah. is, is it all got the same texture mm-hmm. so yeah. but uh, on, on, on that front I think mm-hmm. let's get into the things that we did leading up to the, the vertical slice the bit like the big the big changes because it was a very very kind of intense stressful two weeks my um I haven't been this equally stressed and excited about something for a very long time so my body wasn't used to it so i was like it 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 took me like the five days leading up to the the vertical i was real tough for me to get out of bed every morning because i was just like oh god no more but um i think the big thing to hit on is probably that to start right at the gate with the big narrative overhaul that um i was surprised to find out only happened in the last two weeks yes so uh i don't know if we talked about this in the last podcast but one thing that we did is we said we're done with new ideas for now we have to stick with the ideas we've got and implement them for the vertical slice right and like following the heels of that decision we wake up there's a message on discord uh from actually one of the um narrative team members and one of the uh tech and art team members that said guys we have so many ideas for the narrative to bring to the next meeting. And we and our narrative lead, yeah, we were kind of like, okay. So we had a meeting. It was the four of us. um, And uh, they pitched all of their ideas to us. And they were fantastic, amazing ideas. It was like, we took all these loose threads that we didn't quite have. And like these two people, Kelly and Paula, just to give them a shout out, um, amazing. They like took all these loose threads and they were like, shabam now it's a braid and it's like whoa yeah i think um i don't wouldn't necessarily classify us breaking our new ideas thing because yeah. i don't think from what i read there was no like fresh idea there but it was, it was everything was like mm-hmm. tied together now it was a little bit it was like we changed what the deal is with the scientists we changed what the deal is with um like like who is this other person that you're talking to so there were some fundamental narrative changes Mm -hmm. um but i think that they were all for the better um and it also helped us really solidify it's like after we had that meeting where kelly and paula pitched all of this uh narrative overhaul as we've been calling it uh basically to christy but also to me by extension because i was like you were there i was there before Um, it was um shamalan yeah which i'm i'm not a fan of that phrase because (laughs) it the the changes come more from Chris Nolan movies than they come mm-hmm. from Shyamalan movies. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, like, in terms of changing things um, about the game during this sprint, mm-hmm. I think there are different levels to, w- to which departments can change and which can't. Yeah. I think I puzzles think... was the least could change. Yeah, and I think then art was the second least could change. Mm-hmm. I think those were yeah. the two where we were, like, where where our no new ideas thing was Mm -hmm. like meant to be important was like yeah implementation was in flux like we needed new ideas or we wouldn't that's yeah how implementation works and the narrative i think because we hadn't implemented any of it yet could have been anything at that point Yeah. Yeah. yeah i think that it was actually really helpful though um because then what christy and i did is we took like an hour we synthesized all of the ideas and discussions and made some really solid decisions about the narrative which up to that point we had not had made as many big solid decisions about yeah um, and that gave us like a version one reference document yeah. for the narrative that we then uh, continued to refine uh yeah. especially... that was an incredibly helpful when i jumped on board to go well no one's offered to write these things yet i'm mm-hmm. not the greatest writer in the world but i can i can jump on board with my my limited uh rpg experience mm-hmm. 
well, having you have that on the narrative was actually a huge help because um, even though I'm on the narrative team, I felt that I had a lot more to do in the art department and I couldn't do as much for the narrative personally yeah. as I wanted. Um, so yes, yeah, so thank you for writing our one piece of yes. like in-game yeah, narrative. I did not think that like the one thing I would be the only thing that made it into the vertical slice from a narrative perspective, but it seemed to be well responded to. Mm-hmm. They didn't. There was no feedback that was like, God, this writing sucks. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank yeah, God. we had a couple other things planned um, for the vertical for narrative that didn't make it that weren't top priority. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after this no- narrative overhaul, um, which uh, not only answered a lot of narrative questions, it also uh, like really reinvigorated a lot of the team net members yeah, and like that was made a people big thing. excited. Uh, we brought back some of this cosmic horror element that had been slipping away that a lot of people were originally really excited about, and they were excited about again to have it back. Um, and uh, it also helped us with the art direction. Um, we flipped our original time versus intensity graph of the narrative of the game, mm-hmm. right? So it's now more traditional. Yeah. Uh, and fitting that with a narrative that made sense uh, helped us formulate the art direction for that. So, yeah. you know, we came up with the idea of uh, not only is stuff getting more intense and the color palette is now going from lighter to darker throughout the game, but we also have space bleeding into the environment and the environment fracturing into these triangular pieces. Um, so everything really dovetails together when you've got yeah. uh, a lot of your narrative questions answered. So that was really helpful. Yeah. It was really exciting. And um, yeah, and then you know once we had those questions answered and we had a reference document, we broke that down into tasks for the vertical. We knew exactly what narrative elements we needed to create for the vertical. Um, and uh, having a really concrete task list helps you a lot. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. Yeah. And to, to pull back a little bit, I was mm-hmm. I was a little sad to see that inverse time intensity graph go. But like looking back on it, it's very difficult to create satisfying gameplay when you use an inverse graph like that. Yeah, and we, we talked about this um, on multiple podcasts at this point, but I yeah. think we came into this project straight out of block two and we were like here is the list of ten thousand things that we want to do differently from traditional games and, and it's like we, we realized, need to lower that yeah because every one of those uh things if you break from the conventions of the genre every convention break is a lot of work to make yeah. it go I think, well yeah um, i think once we once we re- like we really looked at it and we realized well there's only really one other game in this genre that mm-hmm. does it the way that we're doing it because there are obviously there are other like kind of two-sided puzzle games but one of them is one person is in a game and one person has just a big old printed booklet mm-hmm. so when we realized there was only one shout out to uh those um two swedish women who built the only other game in the genre in i always say wrong seven weeks mm-hmm. not seven days seven weeks in a That's cabin true. in the wilderness yeah, uh, we've already blown past their production yeah. timeline. Thank you for for paving the way for us. Well, yeah. I don't maybe not in terms of pure hours worked because that was no, the only thing they did for worked, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of um, calendar art, time. calendar time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean, their their project uh, what we're referencing is TikTok Tale for two. Um, it's definitely been like a big like uh, inspiration for mm-hmm. uh, how we want to format this game and uh, have it have it work. Mm-hmm. so yeah you know, i think yeah once we realized we them. didn't yeah we didn't have a um we don't we don't have to bend the genre so much when mm-hmm. the genre doesn't really exist we just have to do something we have to tell a different story mm-hmm. give some new puzzles and be like there's more that you can do here and then maybe down the line go let's switch flip one thing or switch mm-hmm. one thing or do some other thing slightly different instead of just going making the usual new dev pitfall mistake of I must do everything different. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be the same. Yeah, I think there is this um, feeling of like some devs want to do everything, every single aspect of the game different from every other game that exists, which I think either you're making something that isn't going to be enjoyable or that is an extremely difficult task that is going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort. Yeah. Or you get devs who are like, I really like X game, so I'm going to make X game. Again. And it's like, that exists. That exists. That's called you, X yeah. game. <laughs> the, 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 the difficult thing I, I think about development in that way is going, I want to, I lo- is instead of going, I like X game, I want to make X game and go, I like these elements about X game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to make a game around these elements, 
so what can I do differently from X game mm-hmm. that's not that what's the, like the one or two things I can do differently from it? Like the like the difference between like going I like tactical turn based combat, um, and they're the three big ones in that that are all very different are Final Fantasy Tactics, Fire Emblem, and XCOM. Mm-hmm. Those are all the same like core mechanic, but they're all so fundamentally different mm-hmm. that like you don't have to flip everything on its head. You just have to change the packaging a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think one of the issues that people come across uh, and that uh, our professor Marcelo, among other people, have spoken to is that uh, people like to use games as a point of reference for creating games. There's not a lot of looking outside of games and other like really popular media uh, for inspiration and jumping off points. And if you are too set in your ways like that, like you don't really step outside the box. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that is something that can happen. I mean, not, uh, I mean, hopefully not to us on our team, but in you know the the trends that we're discussing yeah. mm-hmm. is I think that's part of what goes into that. Like, uh, I like X game. I'm gonna make X game. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you don't have enough outside inspirations and points of reference, I think that that makes that more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. So getting back to our game. Our game. Yeah. So we just thought we talked about the narrative changes. Mm-hmm. What other things from the uh, from the sprint? So that narrative change. When did that happen in the sprint? That was first week. Like that was like of the first yeah, week. Two yeah. weeks ago. It was now. like a long time. Only ago. two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's really think. <laughs> Doesn't feel like that, but it was only two weeks ago. I think it was like maybe it was early to middle of the first week of the sprint. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that week was, um, it was one of the weeks that was tough because we hadn't really figured out what we were doing in terms of how to work around the strike with our meetings and yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, been, I'd say we've gotten on track with that now that we've had I to do it for so long. Yeah, I think we're getting better with it. We still, like, when was our last stand-up, guys? I don't know. Guys, yeah. it was at the beginning of the sprint. Yeah. Yeah. So The, the stand-ups <laughs> are falling away just because by nature of the way we have to meet during the... Mm-hmm. Um, during the strike we're just there aren't places where we'll all be for 10 minutes mm-hmm. yeah yeah what we have done in place not necessarily in place it was supposed to be in addition to stand-ups yeah. is mm-hmm. um paula suggested the daily typing scrum mm-hmm. which is less public accountability more of a personal check-in of yeah have i been getting work done on a day-to-day basis and mm-hmm. you know i think that's functioning is a good happy medium yeah. with just the way we've been forced to function these mm-hmm. last few weeks so yeah and the good thing about it this is i was afraid that like a typing situation wouldn't work but the good thing about it is if one person remembers then like five people everyone remember. kind of flow it flows yeah. in yeah 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 that is fair i think um also before i think we step fully away from the narrative we should discuss the uh the conversation that we had with michael in regards to uh the interactive elements of that narrative mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah we had uh office hours with michael he's our mm-hmm main tech professor uh and as we discovered actually in the middle of the sprint he's an interactive narratives guy and it's like his big thing like why haven't we been utilizing that like (laughs) the the man made facade and we're just like nah (laughs) hold up let's get that help let's we realized we could get it we just we looked at him as oh he's the tech guy i know yeah but no his big thing is weaving the technical stuff into the narrative which is super important yeah so i mean he's a really valuable resource for us so we we scheduled office hours with him to um you know talk about that a lot Mm -hmm. and um we did i think the main thing that we did is we discussed the storyboard of the game like Mm -hmm. how we're flowing through uh the game from area and puzzle to next area and puzzle and how the narrative relates to that Mm -hmm. um so that was one big part of the meeting i didn't take a ton of michael notes yeah, I think the big note um, also, Casey, Yes. how do you feel about links to images in the show notes? Um, I can put a link to an image in the description. Yes, that's a, a feasible thing. But how do you feel about it I as a concept? As a concept, I don't love it. You don't love it? I don't love it. It seems weird because I'm not like... I'm not like going into the description of stuff unless I'm like, well, look at this link in the. De- We're not a mm-hmm. YouTube video, so links in the description feel weird. It is a thing on other podcasts, but yeah, I was just thinking about um, this big long list of tasks that we have, and also the um, story, the crazy storyboard whiteboard from yeah. the Michael I, meeting. I, I mean, I could I could link them. That's not difficult. We'd have to host them somewhere. Yeah, I can host them. And then so give you a link to yeah. link them 
in the yeah. show notes. I've pulled up our crazy whiteboard on my iPad yeah. if you want to look at it. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a time. Yeah, let's uh let's break down that that super whiteboard because I think that's the core like big show note thing is let's board out everything we want to do and go, here's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I think it will be hard to convey this whiteboard purely verbally. Yeah. Uh, so um but... look in the description of this podcast for a link to an album that will contain this image. Well, yes. I was about to try. <laughs> well, I mean we can still talk about we it. We can still talk but... about it, but we we have this image out there as reference now for people yeah, who a are small super subset into it. of our small audience. Our we'll small have this subset image of up the and they like can 10, 15 some odd people. Us. So the yeah. basic idea is you start with this uh, intro sequence that includes the technical intro, the uh, narrative intro, and sort of that player one, player two selection. Uh, that's this um, first block of the game. It's like, what is the game? What are its demands? That it's a communication-based game and it doesn't have networking. Um, you know, it's two The thing player. we've learned to make more abundantly clear. Yes. Mm. Uh, so that's in that first intro, and then uh, you have these series of three, uh, we've called them loops, they're basically levels uh, that have a transitional moment in between all of them, and finally the last one uh, splits into two halves, one for each of the players, which then reconverge and take you back to the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. So that is the very best I can do to give you a very basic description of this crazy whiteboard. I think that's a good description. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of little um, detail things on this whiteboard, which I think are helpful, like where the puzzles are in the navigable space, how the navigable space changes, um, the loops, the uh, little thing where one of the players goes to space for a while. Yeah, um, don't, don't make me think about that right now. That took <laughs> so long. I'm sorry, Casey. Um, a couple, a couple <laughs> would, of spots. Would have been different if it was fun, but it was just so repetitive. <laughs> I can uh, put the references back that got lost. Yeah, please do that. Thank you. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> um, I mean, I could try, but I might like. It might take me even longer because I might like have an emotional breakdown around yeah, like yeah. Space Note Seven it's and be true. like, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. No more, please. I think we need to tell the puzzle team that we need less in space. Yeah, maybe a little less in space. space. Well, it's Make, there now. It's it there exists. now. It so exists. Cutting it would not not help us because yeah. we already it's already done. That's yeah. Fair. Well, I mean, I think we should cut space down a little bit because there's going to be more in space than just that. Yeah, we so, haven't play tested space, we so have we don't know how space. we should play test. Space we have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea how long it takes a player who's never yeah. seen it before to complete yeah, it. I think Based we should... on our vertical slice playtest, I think we should multiply our average uh, assumption of how long people will take to get through a puzzle. We think that's not very hard by like 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Well, I think we have a goal for how long we want people to take, and then we have roadblocks. Like, um, for example, in our sliding slide, I, even I'm doing it now. Yeah. Our puzzle that is a swapping puzzle that everybody assumes is a sliding yeah. puzzle. Um, has the issue of one people don't realize that they can make arbitrary swaps so they spend a lot of time swapping adjacent tiles yeah and also in hiding information behind the front layer uh, is not working is, it doesn't nobody sees it no nobody it. or they, if they do see it they don't think it's important yeah or they think other things that we thought would be read as this is background are read as oh this is important like we had a couple people who were like oh what's the pattern behind your tile oh it's black triangles and it's like ooh those black triangles that is technically a pattern you're right yeah uh, but it is not interactable in any yeah. way i think i think um, that's where i think there very much needs to be a fundamental change in the way that that operates but i think we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> in terms of getting into well i was just results. using it as a running example yeah. of this idea that a puzzle takes longer because of things we don't think about that are uh, like mental roadblocks of yeah. like because that i think that puzzle if you understood it mechanically can be done very quickly it's just that we did a bad job of communicating the mechanics to yeah. the player. Yeah, and unfortunately, that kind of failure is on like multiple fronts: the puzzle design, the tech implementation, the art. Yeah, like it's like that's confusion that's coming from like every everywhere. Perspective. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's a fundamental kind of flaw in that we 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 really did fail in that we echo chambered ourselves for so long mm-hmm. without getting a bunch of digital play testing that just things we thought were simple weren't. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely, but we didn't talk about yeah. that in our meeting with Michael. Yeah. No, we, we didn't. Should, we should get back. <laughs> we to that. should have actually. We should have. I think <laughs> well, next time we meet with him, we will. Yeah, we always um, 
run out of time on those Alex instructor meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was a good instructor meeting. And yeah, it was mostly talking about um, this this uh, image that you may or may not have clicked on in the mm -hmm. description. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's basically our storyboard for mm -hmm. the game. So um, from office hours, I think we should move into the other office hours that we went to, mm -hmm. also in the last two weeks, mm -hmm. apparently. Yeah. Um, which was chronologically um, before the Michael. Yes. Ones. We're 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 skipping around here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so we did have office hours. Were they over Zoom? Yes, uh, yes they, they were. were. Over they Zoom. were Zoom office they hours with Marcella. I remember because we wasted six minutes of them because mm -hmm. I showed Marcella <laughs> that he could be in space and mm -hmm. he had to know how to do it. Yeah, I remember this. So, I think um, these are my Marcella notes. Marcella notes. Yes. So once we put Marcello in space, we... Uh, we did an art critique with Marcello. That's true. <laughs> I haven't looked at these notes in like a minute, so... We did talk about a lot of things with Marcella. We had a couple big takeaways that I think I'll Triangles. try to highlight here. Triangles was one of them. Triangles mm -hmm. was a huge, oh my God, <laughs> triangles, guys. Yeah, my, my favorite um, thing about that was that like the triangles that he noticed were from two different pieces that I'm almost 100% certain were unintentionally made triangles. And it was just this like subconscious thing. He was like, do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it works really well, uh, especially with the narrative overhaul. Uh, one of the things that we decided with the narrative is that uh, there is a fracturing of the universe and those fractures of the universe, these two like little slivers are overlapping. Mm -hmm. um, and to represent that fracturing with triangles uh, is a really good marrying of art direction and narrative direction. It conveys those narrative ideas visually in a way that's really uh, effective. So we've been leaning into the triangles, uh, which has been great. Um, some more fiddly things that we talked about with him was about like... Um, our, our, our quote-unquote hero asset, this Mobius statue that's important to the game, uh, he looked at a bunch of concepts for it, and he basically said, think about the silhouette, and don't worry about it too much. Just pick one and work on it. Like, simplify it, work on it. Um, so we did that, and that worked out well for our vertical. We have a yeah, very that, cool... That statue looks fabulous. Yeah, it looks I, so good. Yeah, kudos to Yalin on that. Mm -hmm. We have another meeting with um, Marcelo immediately after we record this podcast, and I'm very curious to see... Uh, his thoughts on our all of the assets we have so many more assets that we yeah, can show a lot off more and, triangles and also the composition of those yeah. assets into the game world yeah I we think. talked about composition with marcello um paula has been doing some studying of composition and like how our paintings composed and things like that and i did a little bit as well i should be doing more because the two of us are on the environment yeah. uh design um but uh but we used that feedback from marcello and paula's knowledge to create environments that direct the eye towards uh, important things by using triangles uh to you know um center things in various ways um and uh i think i think those are all the 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 highlights of that marcello art critique mm -hmm. yeah there were there was, it so, was a yeah. very um very 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 critically helpful one i think mm -hmm. yes very and i really do wish that was a situation i really wish more of the art team had been there yeah. for mm -hmm. this is sort of an ongoing issue is uh not getting everyone to every meeting and then having um issues of communication between the meeting and the next time we need like yeah. things to be made like i really mm -hmm. wish that the whole art team had been able to hear all of that critique um, I think, but the timing a, was unfortunately not not good for everyone. Because it's rough. Because a lot of the art team, the only time we can manage to meet with Marcello, mm -hmm. a lot of the art team is in class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, beyond that, as the ones who schedule the meetings, we schedule times where we can all make it, mm -hmm. which sometimes means that the people that we maybe think should be there more don't end up being able to make it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think that due to that. And due to our positions in the team, it's sort of our responsibility to try our best to communicate the ideas that we get from instructors clearly clearly to everyone that needs that information. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. I think we've improved on that, too, because we used mm -hmm. to, like, do the meeting, get the info, and then tell them at the next meeting. Mm -hmm. Now we do the meeting, take notes during the meeting, and immediately mm -hmm. send out all the notes from that meeting mm -hmm. to everyone. Yeah. And I think that's helped. I'm I've been big on taking notes like in front of my notebook here. It's like basically starting at the demo, I started taking notes on everything that I could. Um so it's been really helpful to have that reference point. <clears throat> and um 
uh, I think that there can always be improvement in terms of communication. Like, um, that's just an ongoing, Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> Definitely. I think, I mean, I think that's something that, like, everyone can always improve on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. never, you're never, you're never, like, a perfect communicator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, speaking of communication, that can lead very well into um, a couple more topics that we have, which is that um, in the two weeks leading up, it is obviously a very kind of stressful lead, mm-hmm. and some it's compounded a few kind of internal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kind of the one to focus on would be kind of the the, the HR issue that we have had between uh, the puzzle designers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that can go back to we can rewind the clock back to that Michael meeting we discussed a little bit about how to uh, how to deal with that and it is just the traditional thing of like how do you deal with an HR dispute well you have a mediated conversation yeah um, but I and it is interesting the way that like these disputes come up in times of high stress and can wane out in times of lower stress I think that um, where we're at as a team has a big effect on where people are individually in yeah. terms of how they feel about themselves and what they're doing and how and other people and what they're doing. Um, so I feel like in terms of my conversations with the people uh, that, that tensions are lower now um, and there's less of that feeling of we need to do something about that this right now, but it is still a tense environment and there's yeah. still things in the pipeline and it's for... also a low stress period right now mm-hmm. so if we leave it alone again when we hit another high stress point it mm-hmm. will flare up again yeah so we can't like leave it alone mm-hmm. no i think the difficult thing in these situations is that when you get into one of those low stress periods the motivation from the interested parties is zero like yeah nobody wants to have a mediated conversation if they don't think there's a problem you know because yeah. nobody I wants think, to have a mediated conversation yeah. and i think because that's kind of the point we're at right now is we're like okay this this first step solution that we've taken seems to be working but i f- i feel like even though like neither party wants to have that conversation right now mm-hmm. i think it might be important that they still have it because i think based on how it's been going if a high stress point comes up again it, that will flare up again mm-hmm. so i think better to deal with it when it's a low in a low stress environment than to deal with it in a high stress environment. Yeah, I think that there will be mediated conversations, but I think that contacting the involved parties and saying we're going to have a mediated conversation, it's going to be at this time, you need to be there is like I'm the producer and you're in trouble. Yeah. And I think that that is not the vibe that I want to be sending to people. Yeah, I and think And I think that it might do more trouble than good in a situation where people aren't prepared to have that conversation yeah i i i I agree with you on that Mm -hmm. front yeah in terms of the mediated conversation it's hard when people are going to dig their heels in and don't want to have that conversation because like alex was saying it can only make the make the situation worse a lot of the time um but we've come up with other ways to deal with this dispute which is um basically more leadership attendance at the puzzle meetings uh to help mediate uh in an um ongoing fashion like when a conflict is arising at a puzzle meeting one of us not all three of us but one of us Mm -hmm. uh, will be there most of the time to say hey let's look at this from the lens of the whole game or let's look at this from the lens of logistic implementation or the narrative standpoint like let's bring in these other viewpoints and uh, work it out with kind of a neutral third party Mm -hmm. uh, in the moment instead of then letting those um, clashes build up over Mm -hmm. time yeah and there are um i think also there's just a lot to be said of uh, being more open like especially on my end being more open to the people involved that they can talk to me if they ever need to yeah which i think in the before like this week probably wasn't as clear um just because i'm a relatively quiet person and so i'm not that i'm not out there being like hey how are you doing how how are you feeling about these things Um, but i'm always happy to listen to how people are feeling about the things if they want to talk about them um and i think that's just something on me to where i need to be more i need to be more um proactive with going out and being like hey how are you feeling and not waiting for people who want to talk about those things to come to me um i think um like another core issue with that particular like particular conflict is that it's just there there are two styles of working Mm -hmm. that are almost diametrically opposed in the way that they they get work done Mm mm-hmm so it's 
not only is it like trying to reconcile just the the argumentative half, but it's trying to get to like diametrically opposed work styles to 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 compromise somewhere in the middle, which mm-hmm. is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely dealt a little bit with that as the art lead, um, because there are a couple of artists on the team that work in very different ways than I do, and so you know. I definitely sympathize with with both of these team members who are having this conflict because it's not easy to uh, find that middle point with other people who have such different work styles yeah. from you. Yeah, I would I wouldn't agree. It takes um, some elbow grease. <laughs> yes, yes, it does because it's it's interesting because there's there's um there's there's work styles wherein may you get you get work done closer to a deadline than someone else, but I think another one of the core issues is getting work done after the deadline that you've been given mm-hmm. and that has been a relatively consistent issue outside of just this argumentative point is mm-hmm. that you can't get work done after this deadline you you are a bottleneck for other things getting done mm-hmm. and that's a real that's a much larger kind of issue that i think we also would need to work on as soon as we're getting to things where it's like if these bottlenecks start happening more frequently then everything slows down and we start having to cut things Mm -hmm. and at least i would not want to be the one person who we cut this cool feature because i didn't get something done in time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's hard to implement i like i'm a type of person who is all about systematic solutions because i think if there isn't a fundamental change a fundamental systematic change then it's just like putting a band-aid on it and it will like these issues will crop up again later um, the more fundamental issues. Um, and it's difficult to implement any s- significant uh, systematic changes right now because we're at such a turning point for the game of like we're going from the pre-production quarter to the production quarter. We're getting to the point where puzzle design is less important and puzzle refinement is becoming more important. And there's so many changes to the way we need to be structuring things going into the next um like the second half basically of our production timeline that it's difficult for me to think of any systematic solutions outside of seeing where we're at after we shuffle everybody around to where yeah. they need to be for the next uh the next half of production yeah because there is going to be a bit of shuffling um not just between the sub teams but i also think duties on specific teams like it sounded mm-hmm. like there might be a shifting of duties within the tech team mm-hmm. um in the yeah. art team i think duties are going to be probably getting better defined as time continues to go on yeah. once uh, we're once we move yeah. into like the everyone's constantly producing finalized assets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think a pipeline will kind of start to form itself yeah because the, the the tech shuffling is mostly is is happening right now just kind of because of a when you've had one person who's working on one implementation of one thing for such a long time mm-hmm. um it it helps to get fresh eyes on on that work Mm-hmm. So I think moving around, especially like when you've been working on something for a long time, you'll burn out on it. That's just mm-hmm. how how people work. So if you can get some fresh eyes on it that haven't thought about it as much, it will kind of refine the problem solving. Especially if it's in, it's a it's an amicable swapping, not mm-hmm. like a, I'm coming in and taking this over, but it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, can you work on this for a while so mm-hmm. I can work on something else, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of good good came in of that swap. So we can we can bring in some amicable team shuffling instead mm-hmm. of just some this team shuffling is happening to solve a systemic issue mm-hmm. yeah but yeah the dust will settle uh but not quite yet everyone's yeah. in a little bit of a of a flux right now yeah i think as things calm down after the vertical we'll start to kind of we can we can shift stuff around and then we'll have a very large chunk of time before the next big um milestone which I don't know what it is. They won't probably won't tell us until the beginning of spring quarter. Yeah, we have so. no idea, um, which is an interesting thing about how the class is structured. We don't have any idea what the milestones or the deliverables are for yeah. 172 or what the, the schedule is. The only like. one yeah. we know is that it will be done yeah. Yeah. at the end. We know, yeah, we know. We know when Finals week, there will be a game. I think yeah. probably the yeah week 10 of spring i think is when the sammy showcase is mm-hmm. um i think that weekend between week 10 and finals yeah it's that uh, is when we show our game and mm-hmm. have judges and things like that so uh you know <laughs> yeah i would the... assume and i would hope 
that there are other deliverables. Yeah, I, I assume that. there's probably uh, a a demo and vertical equivalent that mm-hmm. crops up. I don't know what Tad and Ellen are doing, mm-hmm. so um, we will. I assume they will tell us. I assume that they will uh, once um, if we can get to lectures uh, on campus at the beginning yeah, of spring we, quarter. If lectures are still a thing that we have at this university, yeah, in, at this online university that has a physical <laughs> campus. Um, so I think uh, that's a good segue point to how we're still dealing with the graduate student strike. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is an ongoing um, conflict between grad students and the administration at our university. It's even been a bit of a growing conflict. I know that the under, like undergraduate students coalition, I think is what it's mm-hmm. called. Is yeah, yeah it's, been it's the people's coalition. People's yeah, coalition. Yeah. They called it. Mm-hmm. It's but, slowly growing from so. an our university dispute to a California university's yes. dispute to a nation university's dispute. So it's oh. yeah, it's, it's getting um, it's getting big. It's it expanding it's getting big. Yeah, the, o- the only university that I know it's expanded to is Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. That's the only one that I've like heard definitively that they're also doing yeah. it there. I think that but. the striking hasn't, but the general vibe has spread to a lot of different universities and this general idea mm-hmm. of um because it is a pretty fundamental change from the way that universities have worked for a while which is that you're an undergraduate and you pay the university a lot of money yeah. then you're a graduate and you get paid just enough to not die and yeah. complete classes which is a terrible life yeah. for a little while and then when you if you continue in academia to phd then you actually make enough money to where you can eat yeah. food um but it's it is a, not a great system yeah uh, and it's one that we're trying to change or i'm not personally at the moment but i i agree with the I, people that are I, trying I, to change I, it. I would i would support the legislation <laughs> to change it but yes, um yeah i have so many things to do that i can't take the time out of my day to go stand at the picket line mm-hmm. as much yeah. as i would want to yeah mm-hmm. on a few of these days it's just like i i i can't deepen my soul go but i have these other commitments and mm-hmm. i just i can't do it yeah the rough yeah. thing is like as much as this is ideologically like aligned with many of our um opinions and feelings we're mm-hmm. also trying to graduate like yeah. we are yeah. coming down to the wire like we have three more months question mm-hmm. mark yeah and then one we, would hope yeah and then then our time at this university you know, as undergraduates, at the very least, is done. It's like we want to have our degrees that we've worked yeah. on. It's mm-hmm. so. it's it's different be- because we're in that position where we're paying the university. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're act we're like from a me as a person perspective, I wholly support with there. But from a me as a customer perspective, they are actively preventing me from getting the thing that I'm paying a lot of money for. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah. So, a small amount of money. Yeah, I've yeah. heard I've heard this a little like. There's a lot of weird conversations that on on the various channels, mm-hmm. and one thing I've heard is like undergraduate strikes. That doesn't make sense. We can't yeah. strike. We're paying to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they don't care if we strike. They the have our money. The equivalent to the undergraduate already. strike I've always said, like when people bring it up, it's like, okay, so what you're telling me right now is that you are going to essentially walk into a McDonald's, buy a Big Mac, and go. Thank you. I'm not going to eat this Big Mac because I don't support the things yeah. you do here. It's like that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You've already bought the Big Mac. Yeah. And now you're just not eating it. Mm-hmm. What does that show the McDonald's man yeah. <laughs> in like, regards to what you're doing? It I doesn't we should just sell cardboard. I don't, I, like... <laughs> I, I don't know what, what it doesn't. It doesn't it stick it to the McDonald's man. No. That you've idea, bought his Big Mac yeah. and then don't eat it. I think mm-hmm. the idea, as far as I can gather from Twitter and other sources of information, is that the goal is to uh, further stop classes and just further mm-hmm. disrupt university business. And it's like, okay, disrupting of university business is an effective way to get the message to administrators and faculty. I mean, faculty aren't necessarily the ones that need yeah. the message, but, you know, the higher ups, that's who, who I'm trying to talk about, mm-hmm. um, that this is an issue they need to pay attention to. Uh, but like, yeah, it's like, I mean, if we don't go to classes, they don't care. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a difficult situation. <laughs> there are a lot of people that already don't go to classes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's difficult because the actions of the strikers are met, are aimed at the highest levels of the administration, but the way that they get that message is undergraduates are influenced, which influences professors and then professors influence administration. Yeah. But it is a long chain. It cascades up, yeah, and, and it's it's 
it's it's difficult to have it cascade up. I it think is. if if we were in a position where we couldn't just migrate all of our meetings off campus and mm-hmm. we had professors that weren't sympathetic to the cause and allowing digital mm-hmm. lectures and putting all their notes online and all of that, mm-hmm. and we for the last three weeks have like just either class professors have just canceled class and we're like, am I gonna do anything? Mm-hmm. Or just like, or you've had to actively work around this strike in a super stressful manner every day to get to the classes that like you have to go to mm-hmm. it must be like so much more difficult to handle and i can yeah. i can see why some people are less sympathetic to the cause because mm-hmm. it's been more difficult it, or it's more significantly significantly impacted them than mm-hmm. it has us yeah i feel for the people like in the math department because the math department doesn't care the math department is like business as usual like they there haven't been any midterms rescheduled there haven't been any classes canceled in the math department it's just math is still going despite students not being able to go to it and yeah. it's like i mean isn't that the fundamental philosophy of math <laughs> math will always keep going right? yeah. the math professors will will stand in front of the blackboard and give a lecture even if no one is there yeah, <laughs> yeah no the yeah. Other a math professor will give a lecture at the at the end times <laughs> and he will still shout at you for running away from the ball of fire yeah the other group that I sympathize with is there is a group of professors. I don't know what exactly the name is, but my creative writing professors in this group where they have a contact that has just en- contract that has just ended at the beginning of 2020. And if they don't hold classes, they are now in danger of losing their job. Uh, and so there's a there's a subset of professors that don't have a choice. Uh, you know, even if they were a math professor and they were like, I don't care about strike. You come to class or you don't come to class. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, another another portion of lecturers who want to be accommodating but have their hands tied because their own job and livelihood is jeopardized if they are migrating to Zoom or holding lectures off campus or anything like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just such a multi-layered situation on every single front, and it's mm-hmm. definitely impacted our yeah. production this quarter, and it could mm-hmm. impact us next quarter. Um one thing that we haven't touched on in this discussion today is the firing of graduate students that mm-hmm. happened, oh, God, a week ago. Yeah. I, I think it happened on, like, last Thursday. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was almost a week ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're already seeing, like, the enrollment was pushed a week back. Mm-hmm. So this week was enrollment. Enrollment was supposed to be last week for spring quarter classes. Um, we're already seeing the ramifications of those firings in the reduction of class sizes and the reduction of number of sections in class sizes like this is having immediate intangible negative impacts on students and it's i mean i don't know it's it's a lot yeah <laughs> it's it's such a multi-layered issue there's yeah. so many like different moving parts that go into it and a mm-hmm. lot of the arguments i'm hearing are very reductive of those elements mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like it's there are a lot not the graduate students that i have worked with and spoken to because most of my information comes from Max and Evie, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but, but I think both of them see the multi-layered issue because both Mm -hmm. them, when they opt from what I heard, when they opt to continue with health, they thought about it for a long time. Like Mm -hmm. they considered a lot of angles. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some out there that have a very reductive view of it that are just specifically looking at, I must disrupt as much as possible and they're not looking beyond the consequences of those actions. Mm-hmm. And the other reductive element is there are people that are using those particular strikers that are viewing it reductively to paint them all mm-hmm. as viewing it that reductively. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a major issue in the way it's it's communicated yeah. uh, across the board. Mm-hmm. And we, as undergraduates trying to go to class, we are at the very bottom of this mountain that is the bureaucracy of the university and the systems in play and we can only look up and be like what a what a shit show what a shit show (laughs) Um, it's an absolute shit show but um in terms of this podcast and what we are uh, trying to do in terms of game development um yeah it's it's tangible impacts i think but i think it's i think they're valuable tangible impacts though i think Mm -hmm. adapting to these things is is good experience to have because mm-hmm. there will be times in the professional world where um the ceo of your AAA company says something real dumb mm-hmm. and uh the stocks plummet and you have to you have to keep on developing well the thing the the big above things that 
from my perspective, don't really understand mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. in in the same way that that the the developers on the ground do. You just got to keep on keep on trucking, and I think the ability to do that and not kind of fall apart is really important. And I think mm-hmm. that leads into the one other kind of big thing that uh, I wanted to discuss a little bit in regards to like kind of keeping team morale up. And mm-hmm. and it is that since the strike has happened, it's been rare for me to be on campus for a long period of time talking to people from other teams. Mm-hmm. And I did that a little bit at the beginning of this week for like, or no, the beginning of, I think last week for like the first time in a long time. And I found out that like two teams had dissolved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? It's definitely, it rocks your boat to learn that other teams have dissolved yeah. because these are your peers. These are people that you... Um, you know, know from other classes that uh, you saw their game pitch when you pitched your game that mm-hmm. have been working, you know, in parallel to you. And um, it, yeah, it rocks the boat. It's a little bit um, yeah. startling to know that other people have, um, I, from, from what we have learned, one of these teams dissolved peacefully, which is, I mean, the ideal yeah. way to dissolve a yeah. team, but I the think... other team did not. Yeah. And that's, it's, I don't know, it just... Uh, and then there, Puts are, in perspective there where... are others in flux as well, too, yeah. mm-hmm. that I didn't know about. Yeah. yeah. But it seems from what I saw at the vertical playtest, it seems that they've kind of they're 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 working through it in a way because mm-hmm. their work seemed really well done. Yeah. yeah so... I think even outside of the, the big things like full team dissolving and um, sort of HR issues in among other teams, it just like I'm well developing this game. I have absolutely no idea where other games are at. I don't know if other games have completely abandoned their pitch and have redesigned into a different game. Like, I would love to have had more time to go out and play other games. Um, but I feel like I, in my position as the producer, I'm obligated to be there for the entire playtest and to see every yeah. playtest that happens. Mm-hmm. But I I do feel tunnel visioned. Like, I, I just don't even know what's going on with the yeah. other I, teams. I feel like I, I just thought of this idea right now. I feel like we, we should... Uh, tell Marcelo this when we meet with him in t- uh, today mm-hmm. in terms of feedback for the playtest. I think it would be super valuable if we held two to have half the games test on one day and then half the games test on the other day so that not everyone is showing off at the same time mm-hmm. so that there are full teams that are able to walk around and look at things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. If some sort of solution like that or other solution where if there is an hour that is not open to the public and only open to other teams. Yeah. You know, just some kind of solution because I'm in the same boat as Alex. Like, both times that we've play tested the demo in the vertical, I felt not um, tied in a bad way, but tied for sure to our game. Like, I needed to be there. I wanted to get yeah. all the feedback, write it all down, and uh, observe, you know, connect the common threads between our play tests. And in, in that light, I've, like, not seen at all the other games. Yeah. Even, even, like three or four of my housemates are in the same game design pro i don't know what they're doing yeah. no, it's, <laughs> i have no it's crazy. idea like yeah i i was able to go and look at a few other things just because i knew you guys were back there taking notes and i would be able to get that but every time i i walked away to go look at the look at a different game or shoot the shit with the game boy guys mm-hmm. or something i always was like i always kept looking back and going oh, i feel like i should go back and Mm-hmm. Like hear this feedback and make these decisions and I not think be there. This is the fundamental dilemma of showing your game at a convention. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. If you're yeah. showing a game at a convention, I believe that you shouldn't expect to see anything. No, else if you are showing your game at a convention, you are not at that convention. You're yeah, at yeah, your booth. You are, yeah, you're at your booth. No, because it was it's 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 crazy. Because like a lot of what kept me from walking back though was going. There are five of us over there, and that's mm-hmm. got to be overwhelming for a play tester. Yeah, so there was. Yeah. Part of me that was like keeping mm-hmm. away and then part of me that was coming back and then part of me that was like, I'm going to stay away. I'm like, ooh, I like that person. I want to mm-hmm. go back and see what they think. And <laughs> Yeah, I played it up a little bit um, just because I knew uh, one of our instructors, uh, Nathan, who isn't instructing this uh, quarter but instructed the last one. I know that he's a good sport about these types of things. So I, every time he would go, uh, I would just lean in with my notepad <laughs> yeah. ready like, yeah. oh, yes, Nathan. Yes, what is Nathan? What, was what is this? that he said? All three of us leaned in like yeah. visibly. <laughs> I, was yeah. it that? Was it the bus stop comment? I don't like, no, it was the, something. The comment that I explicitly re- remember was like talking about the hint signs and going, mm. "Man, did you know mm. that thing? Like that? Mm-hmm. It's like that guy at that bus stop that just leans over to you. It's like, hey, did you know that Saturn could float on water? <laughs> like, I think no, I didn't. Yeah. Bus stop man. 
think what I'm referring to is he looked at, he opened the journal, he saw an asset that I made, yep. he mm-hmm. sighed, and he said, how harsh do you want me to be? And we all <laughs> leaned in. <laughs> yes, go on, Nathan, please. <laughs> Um, he was picking on our, uh, on my specifically, uh, typography. Yeah. Ah, yes. Which is yes. something we need to work on. It is something it we was... need to... It wasn't something we'd worked heavily on. No. But it... it's something that slipped all of our minds. We're like, oh shit, Nathan's the typography guy. Yeah. And... So your typography's gotta be so good. Next stop, Marcello, Marcello who is even more the typography right? guy yeah. than Nathan. In my defense, yeah. I made a like a whole bucket load of last minute assets for the game. Yeah. That so typography like, was a yeah. was not the most important thing. Yeah. So it it's was, not too bad. <laughs> I made a lot like... of assets that I thought would be replaced by the time that we were showing off weren't. the vertical, and they were not, and they were full of spelling mistakes. Yeah, and that was that was my favorite thing. Back was from like, everyone, you might you would walk away for like a minute to try and look at something else, uh-huh. and then you'd hear a playtest to say this word is spelled wrong mm-hmm. and you'd come back as though it was like the bat signal for you yeah yeah like, yes can i help you it's like well, I've, no it's more it was wasn't that it was more like oh i made that they're looking at something that i made <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's why i was like whenever i saw a newspaper open i was like oh <laughs> they're reading so, my thing maybe to we can circle back around to this play test in a minute but mm-hmm. i think that there yeah. was uh one more thing on the show notes which is basically the lighter points uh, yes. of this um let's rewind a little bit we did a birthday jam for casey yes um, and then found out later that it was a double birthday a double jam birthday that yeah, we didn't know at the we time didn't know, but, so um but it was fun. Uh, yeah. Paula brought donuts, and then me, Kelly, and Paula like put candles in the donut. <laughs> for I, Casey. I said that offhand <laughs> as a joke, and I didn't think you guys would actually do it because I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll just go." You didn't. You didn't go with my full joke though, because what I said was, "Oh, I'll just. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna sit in a dark room. I'll stick a candle and a Krispy Kreme and drink a beer, <laughs> and not even eat the donut. Just look at the donut and nah, drink a beer." We gave you five candles. Yeah. Four in the donut. One in the middle. One, one sad yeah. hanging in the middle. I don't understand Does that... the middle. It was so close to being two. two Does that relate at but... all to the fact that I'm now 22? No. <laughs> no. But I think uh, it was just because the idea struck us to put a candle in the middle, and we wanted to do it. <laughs> I think that's entirely candle. entirely fair because it was. Yeah. I I spent so much time. I'm looking at that sad tipped over candle <laughs> and just going same right when you have a good idea and you think it's gonna be funny it doesn't matter if no, it's logical it doesn't matter it's, it's funny it's hilarious it oh, was super yeah. funny but that mm-hmm. was a good kind of leavener to that meeting because mm-hmm. instead of just being another jam it was yeah hey let's let's have some extra fun at this jam mm-hmm. yeah and go you know you're one year closer to death it's true. No, I definitely think, you know, just leaning a candle onto the pastry is the new tradition now. Yes, I think that's, um, we have to do that. I don't know if there are any remaining team birthdays in production. There have to be. Everyone I yeah. can think of has had their birthday has passed. Yeah, yeah, me and Amanda both, our birthdays have passed and mm-hmm. will not exist we, in production. We Kelly's missed one. birthday, I think, has passed. Mm-hmm. I think... Jade's also has, because that was at the beginning of this quarter. Well, this might mm-hmm. not be the time to hash yeah. out everyone's birthday. Yeah, we we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll so that I'm not, I don't, I really don't want to be the only one. member of the team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, it's time. If you want, we can hold a team yeah. birthday so uh, that everyone except for, for Casey can else. celebrate a belated birthday. Yeah. I think as long as we figure out at least one other person has one in production, mm-hmm. let's do that so that I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. because I feel a little bad, I feel a little bad that, it was a double, mm-hmm. and we didn't acknowledge it at all, mm-hmm. but we also didn't know. Well, we didn't know, yeah. So, you know. Not, nothing we could have done yeah. if none of us knew their birthday. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, I think um, that that jam was also a super productive jam. We got a lot of stuff done in that one. We really, yeah, yeah. it was one of those ones where we, we really hashed out the tech tasks, and I was like, mm-hmm. yes, finally, I've got some tech work to do that yeah. Alex won't beat me to again. No, mm-hmm. I think that was a good thing and something that we're going to try to do more in the future, because... Um, we didn't have enough infrastructure set up in the beginning to where we could divvy up the things over uh, multiple scenes. And, and now not, we do. Yeah, and now we do to where like I can work in loop one, Paul can work in loop two, Casey can work in loop three, and um, we don't have the same issues of we're all working in the same loop on the same things. Yes, and, and then we have merge conflicts. Galore. Yeah, and I'm like, however, oh, I realized one bug, and I'm going to go fix one line, and then all of a sudden... However, we still did have some merge conflicts galore. We did. That I think we should save for the engineering episode as well. <laughs> That's fair, Because yes. that hour and a half needs uh-huh. to be shared with the world. I think, long story short, sometimes when you're trying to do Unity and get together, uh, one... Always save 
just a, just a straight up zip back backup of your yes. Unity project folder because you don't know what's going on with Git. No, you do like, not. It's useful, but also it could just explode. Yeah. And in our case, it's it better exploded. for raw source code than it is for all these project yeah, files. Yeah, yeah, no, um, definitely. So, yeah. Long story short, Unity Git explosion, reload. We're good. Yeah. Well, I think I think the long story short is um, always back up your files. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a good lesson to learn mm-hmm. for everything. Yes. To always back up your files. Always have a backup. Back you up never your files know. in multiple ways. Yeah. Back them up. Keep them backed up. Mm-hmm. Back it up on your hard drive, then back up your hard drive, then bury that in, in the desert mm-hmm. so that you can go back for it if you if you need yeah. it. Yeah. So that even if you, your master branch of your Git repository has zero assets in it, you can go back. Yeah. <laughs> We, we solved that. That was that was crushing because we like went to it and we saw that that new work it was in and we were like yes and then we went and played it and we we're like oh no we we're like oh we everything that wasn't what we just added is gone now oh no <laughs> I was gonna say what's that saying it's one is none and oh yeah 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 one one is none two is one two is one one is none yeah I, it's, yeah there you go That's, it's a military we game <laughs> yep crushed it three is two two is one one is none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So um. So back up your back up your work. Back up your backups. <laughs> back up your backups with your backups. It's true. Um, I think there was one other lighter point that was slightly unrelated to the project that was just just a way to keep morale up mm-hmm. with team members that you wanted to talk about as well. Yeah, Kelly hosted a one-off RPG that was really mm-hmm. fun. It was an RPG that she made, and um, not the whole team was able to make it, but a few of us were there. It was just a good time, and I'm hoping we can do more stuff like that. Yeah, with, little, yeah. little one-offs like that just to kind of yeah. keep yeah. morale up. Just take sort a couple of, hours and go. Just a time to remember that we're friends. Yes, <laughs> I think that's very helpful. Together. <laughs> yeah. I had a good think, time with this RPG despite dying instantly. Yes. <laughs> I'm so I think, sorry. Um, that, it, it has come, because I've, I've, I've leaned so much of, like, my, like, event planning into, like, planning big things. Mm-hmm. I think it's I it that show is just valuable to like just pull up a just off like couple days out like hey let's go do this thing because mm-hmm. I think um there is a um uh it, I think it's it's the fourth today there's a film that comes out in two days that uh, I hear tell uh, as is trend with this studio's films is uh going to make me weep <laughs> so um movie I was night. thinking of of dropping dropping movie night and going hey let's go uh. Let's uh, I'll go ahead and let's go see Onward. Uh, I want to, I want Pixar to make me cry again <laughs> because you know that's what they do. Mm-hmm. I believe it, and I'm hope I hope we still have board game night in the pipeline. Board game night is in the pipeline. That's another, mm-hmm. that's another slightly bigger one mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. like just doing. Hey, do you a few of you guys want to go do this thing yeah, in the yeah. next couple days as opposed to? Mm-hmm. I want board game night's one of those ones like the karaoke night this weekend mm-hmm. and the trip to San Francisco. That's more, uh, it's a more of a challenge to coordinate because it's something where it's like. I want to try and get everyone there instead of just going, we're going to do this this day. Anyone who can make it, come and make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been a couple other small things that have yeah. happened, like, you know, small small subsets of the team going out for dinner or lunch or, yeah. you know. And I think those effective. are Yeah. I think those are really important because it's like, at, at its core, this is a team of friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a few people that we didn't really know before this year on the team, but I think at this point it's like we're yeah. all friends, and yeah, it's no, just our... good to have time that you can spend not think about the project, just enjoy each other's company. Yeah, no, there there are people that we brought on where I was just like, how have I not known you for the past three years? Because I I have such a long um uh Discord DM with one of our <laughs> new team members that's just full of memes <laughs> of the one game that we play that mm-hmm. I have hardly put anyone else that's played as many of the games as I have. Mm-hmm. So it's just super full of back and forth <laughs> memes and it's it's fantastic. But um I think a little bit before we dive into the actual playtest results of vertical slice, I would like to um share some highlights from yeah. the the one off RPG. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think the big one that I laugh as I recall it was the boning liquid. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so there was a deboning liquid. Yes. So <laughs> and the logical it had a foil. thing. Mm-hmm. The logical thing to call the new the liquid that undid the liquid that removed your bones was the boning liquid. <laughs> so it's the li- <laughs> it's and I forget. What the context was that, like, someone brought up, please don't use the boning liquid. 
I do think it's important to note that Amanda immediately pocketed it. Immediately, yes. It was immediately pocketed. That was also a character archetype thing, though, to immediately pocket it's everything true. that she it's found. True. It's true, but so. the boning liquid I did go for, yes. <laughs> specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Limited I inventory forget. space. You got six slots, one of those slots I, is boning liquid. I did... I did. I, I made. I made a. I made a longer than four hours joke, but I forget what I said lasted that long, mm. and that's just gone to the ether now. So that's okay. There were there were other good ones too. Everyone had a very like fun and interesting character. Mm-hmm. There was my like hunched over lackey man who was like six feet tall, but when he hunched over, he was three feet tall, and mm-hmm. he spoke with weird lisp, and he was like instantly infatuated with anyone he ran into mm-hmm. because that was like that was. It's like I only work for the master because he's handsome, <laughs> and then that was his big go on the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, um, Alex, you did die very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I did. You were killed by what was intended to be water, <laughs> yes. and then you critically failed. I was I to was asked water. to perform the task of testing this uh, mystery clear liquid. Was I asked you to identify it. Yes, and yes. Then you critically failed at identifying it to the point where with this particular RPG system, if you critically fail to a certain level, you instantly die. <laughs> so you critically failed at identifying a liquid to the point where it would have killed you. It's true. Uh, and then you became a bird. It's true. It turned out that liquid was instant death. Yes. <laughs> Had you succeeded, though, it probably was not going to be instant death. <laughs> no, it's so, true. Such is the way. Such is the way. Sometimes the instant way. death, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt bad about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's totally and What fine. I like about it is that, um, like, immediate, like you, you asked me to do it, and then I looked at my dice, because I'd already, like, yeah. gotten a bonus dice for, um, like, there's a mechanic where you can get more dice, which makes it more likely for you to critically fail. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at the dice in my hands, and I looked at the man, and I was like... Okay, I will inspect this liquid for you on fear of explosion. And <laughs> roll it's instant explosion. And you instantly died. Like it was so just gone. Gone. He's dead See, now. I, I, you inspected an, a liquid for me earlier, and it was orange soda. And I was like, like it probably won't kill him. I was like, but this then is it did. Be fine. Mm-hmm. We did learn. No, the, no. The one that I learned from Kelly, the DM, was orange soda. The one that I learned from Alex was. Um, the deboning, deboning liquid, liquid. <laughs> or no or was it the boning liquid uh, no the no, boning liquid came liquid. later okay mm-hmm. it, anyways the point is i was like alex has identified a liquid before he can identify do it again. again logically he should be able to do it again that went horribly it did yeah it did yeah. but it was a good time hi everyone this is casey from the mobius team here to let you know that um we had such a long conversation in regards to the sprint for the vertical slice and planning for the vertical slice that we have opted to split it into two parts. The second part should be up at the same time as the first one, so there should be no concern between uh, jumping between the two. So um, this has been the first half of the vertical slice episode for the Mobius podcast. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>